When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Full of frustration. Silly mistakes again. Full of despair. I don't even know if I'll have a club tomorrow. From years of hurt, disappointment and relegation. It could be League Two next season. Bolton are down, Norwich are down. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory. Get in! Pride. It's been a joy to watch. Passion. Nanny! In search of silverware. MLS Cup champions, baby! And they found... ATL. Orlando! Major League Soccer. That's right, MLS is back and that means so are we. Welcome to the MLS UK show. My name's Elliot Holman. And I'm Henry Hewitt. We have got... So much to get through. I don't know how many games there's been. We've got a lot to cover, so we won't mess around. Let's get started. MLS is back. This is the MLS UK Show. The MLS UK Show with Lucid FC. A distinctively modern, casual fashion label. Take a look at lucidfc.us or lucidfc.co.uk and see why celebrities love the look. This season's current line is called What's Your Effing Club? Which is your ref? Football, fashion or film? If it's football, you're in the right place. Film, the MLS UK show podcast is now available to watch on YouTube. But fashion, it's always lucidfc.us or lucidfc.co.uk. Ah, I think the smile on my face says it all. Before we start, I just need to do something, okay? I've brought something in today <sighs> just to help me out. I've brought in... Uh, I bought these especially. Uh, these are earplugs. So <laughs> I know what's coming. So I'm just going to stick them in. There. Okay. Right. The floor's yours, Elliot Holman. No, I'm going to make you wait for it. Well, I can't keep these in all show. Exactly. Oh, please. <laughs> I'm 30 now. I need a warning. I can't, uh, I can't just be having loud noises. We'll, we'll get to it because we need to talk about Orlando. We need to talk about Atlanta. We need to talk about... The whole of the uh, MLS is back tournament. Um, but first, 
What do you want to do first? Should we do the game with a change of name or should we open up our mailbag? I've actually got something else I want to do. Oh, okay. Get in! Come on! Get in! I asked you to let me know. Right. I don't know how this will work, but they're staying in. Oh, it's actually, that's actually quite nice. I'm done now. Oh, right. I don't think you are. I'm I'm willing to bet there's another getting coming somewhere. Me too, probably, yeah. So, these are staying in. Uh, right, okay. What do you want to do first? Game of the change your name or should we open our mailbag? Let's open the mailbag, shall we? Let's um, let's just see, just dial in, see if we've got any uh, any mail. Welcome. You've got mail. We've got mail. Ah, yes. We're on broadband now. <laughs> you may remember at the start of the, uh, the this season that we were doing dial-up. Yeah, we used to have to dial it up. It was a nightmare. Um, I've still still got the uh, still got the old computer, but I would I don't want to subject you to it because uh, it's quite uh, quite an assault on the ears. Yeah, there. So uh, luckily we are <laughs> we're on broadband, so we don't have to do that. Got a new modem <laughs> and everything. Uh, right, okay. Let's uh, let's see what's in the mailbag. Uh, we got an email coming uh, from Mike. So thanks, Mike. Uh, he says he's a Sounders fan. Um, so as we record this, there. Not tonight, is it? It's tomorrow night. Yeah, they face LAFC. Uh, so good luck with that. Um, he's got a question about the MLS's back tournament. Uh, obviously, the tournament is a brand new, very strange thing. But do you think it's possible to truly judge the state of any team based on their play in the tournament? Uh, I think, yes, you can't base the quality of a team based on three wins and a draw. Uh, they <laughs> still haven't <laughs> ever made playoffs. Um <laughs> Uh, he says, if, if you can, which teams have stood out for us so far? Well, let, let me put it to you, Henry. If a team had, I don't know, failed to score a single goal throughout the whole tournament, does that say to you that they're in a little bit of trouble? Uh, I would say yes. <laughs> and I would say later on in the show, we're going to talk about Atlanta. <laughs> oh, I love it. Sacking their head coach. Um, I. What do you think? Because it's been a good tournament. And in all seriousness... I think you've I think you've got your answer. Um not not to purposely dig in, in, in on all, on Atlanta, but they've made the change based on the results in the tournament. So I think that says a lot. They've been training as they normally would. They've been approaching games as as they normally would with with the tactics um and formation that they normally would. And so the um powers that be have not been impressed with said results and formation we've seen conversations going on with players you know um during the game from uh board members etc and so they've they've made their decision and i think that i think that says it all no team goes to this tournament and plays a different way i don't i don't think you can you have to you have to treat it like you know they are regular season games there was three regular season games for, for everyone apart from dallas and nashville and you have to approach those games exactly as you as you would in the regular season. Yeah, I think the only way that so a team could say, oh, um, this is a bit different, or we weren't prepared, were the early morning kickoffs. Yeah. But it's not like anyone had multiple of those. You know, it did even it out. So um, we'll we'll get on to how teams have done so far in the MLS's back tournament. Oh, that's a, a relief. A little later on. Uh, shout out to Brock as well, who commented on our, when we did a tweet uh, after Orlando beat Montreal, mm. he just simply said, the world really is ending. <laughs> uh, which uh, we can all agree with, with Orlando getting to the quarterfinals. It's the most 2020 thing, isn't it? It's just bizarre. 
it is it is it is um thank you to uh to mike for getting in touch remember you can get in touch with our mailbag hello at mls.show to send us an email or you can tweet us at mls uk show uh instagram facebook all sorts so uh We'll be reading out some more of those next time. Mm. Now, um, let's do the game with a changing name. Let's get this out there because this is quite a tough one, I think. It's a player I've definitely heard of, but I wasn't aware that they've played for this many teams. uh, And I certainly couldn't have named half of them. So I'm going to give you the career path of a player who's played both uh, here in the UK and over in the States. And you've got to tell me who you think it is. Now, they started their career at West Ham in 2004 never played a game for West Ham um, went to Colchester on loan in 2006 uh, Queen's Park Rangers on loan and then the move was made permanent now that's crucial because I only know them as a QPR player right um, 95 appearances for QPR between 2008 and 2014 um, loan spells at Leeds Charlton Bristol and Toronto 2013, right. Toronto FC. This is one I'm going to have to think about. There's no names jumping out at me yet. No. Um, then went to Peterborough, Wickham, and finished their career in 2017 <laughs> at a little little known club called Whitehawk. Um, right. Okay. Not even the Whitehawk reference. I know who it is. Not that I know any players that have ever played <laughs> for Whitehawk. Um, so Toronto FC, 2013. Hmm but mainly a QPR player. Leave that one with me. I don't I, I don't think this is easy, but sometimes when I say that, people are like, oh, oh, I got it straight away. So I, I think obviously a Toronto fan would, would probably get it because these players arrive from the UK and then they look up where they've been or, yeah. or where they're from or they know who they're on loan from. Um, so maybe it's easy if, you're, if you were there and you were watching the games, but I wasn't and I think this is quite tough. Yeah, it's tough for me. I, I'm not quite sure... Who that could be. Any um, ideas, you can uh, tweet us at MLS UK Show. Uh, and, of course, we know if you cheat. Don't just skip to the end. Wait for the answer, because we will give you the answer at the end. Um, at MLS UK Show, if you want to have a guess. Right then, I think it's time we did... Go on, we're going to have to talk about this tournament. We're going to have to talk about the teams that have done well and the teams that have not done that well at all. I, w- I will start wherever you want to start. You just... You just come to me, you start with whatever team you like. I'll just be here, ready and waiting to discuss whatever you'd like, Henry. Right, well, let's go through the groups then. Unfortunately for me, the first group is Group A. Um, you predicted that Philadelphia, New York City and into Miami would go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saving I, face. Yeah, I predicted Philadelphia, New York City and Orlando would go through. When we did the last episode um, afterwards, because Nashville were asked to go home, they changed all the groups. So we did predictions, but we can't really like we can't really judge ourselves off the predictions because all the groups changed anyway. Mm. Okay, let's start with Orlando then. Um if, if feel free anyone to skip forward a few minutes uh <laughs> if you don't want to listen to this. But I've got to say congratulations because we're not used to Orlando doing well at anything really. No. And they've done really well in this tournament. You're in the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. three wins, one draw against a good Philadelphia side in a game that didn't really have anything on it anyway. Yeah. Um, as an Orlando fan then, just how happy are you at the moment? <laughs> I think you can probably tell by the smile on my face. But do you know what? It's not even 
coming away from the the tournament aspect, it was an important seven points in the regular season. I keep coming back to the regular season. I think it's really important that we don't get carried away with with the tournament. Those regular season games are going to be really, really important because we don't know how many more we're going to get. Um, so, so they're crucial. And the takeaway from me is that Orlando looked like a different side, and I'm just so so impressed with what Oscar Pereira has done in such a short amount of time and I think Orlando look difficult to beat I know we face either Seattle or LAFC next and I'm totally at peace with the fact that that both those teams are probably better than us and we're probably going to get knocked out but I, I think that's not the it's not the point it's the fact that we look twice as good as we've ever looked um, and if we can continue in that vein, I'll I'll be extremely happy. And actually, you could almost guarantee that we would make the playoffs, which is just inconceivable uh, as an Orlando fan. So just really happy that um, they just look a different side. They look difficult to beat. Um, and I've I've never seen that before. I won't dwell. I won't carry. I won't keep going on about it. But it's a different style of play. It's more attacking, and they're grinding out results, and I love it. Yeah, I think that's the important thing because. As a neutral in this situation, uh, Orlando... You're are, not a neutral in this situation. <laughs> Orlando uh, are playing really well, I'll give you that. And mm. I have been impressed with uh, the way you've played. But more importantly, like you said, you're grinding out results. You got the equaliser against uh, Philadelphia. Mm. You know, you, uh, you you got that win against Inter Miami on the first game. Um, and Montreal the other night, you know, 1-0. You needed a goal. You got it. Potentially offside, but we won't go into that. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so well done. I'm happy for you. I, I, don't get me wrong. When you do eventually go out of this tournament, I will be smiling. <laughs> but um, just so I don't have to hear get in again. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you because we've done this podcast for three seasons now. You've not had any glory at all apart from a semi-final US Open appearance where oh, you lost to Atlanta. The running of the wall. Uh, what, a, what a time. So I'm glad. Uh, elsewhere in the group then, New York City uh, just straight through, mm. thanks, thanks to a last-minute LA Galaxy goal. And uh, they now then went through against Toronto last night. Philadelphia Union carrying on the farm from last season and playing really well. How, how strange is, is the New York situation? Because they didn't look good at all. I don't know if anybody else suffered the uh, New York City-Miami game, but it was awful it was one of the worst games of football i've ever seen like it didn't look like there'd be a goal if they played for nine years i don't know i don't know what happened to new york at the start those first few games they just didn't look on it didn't look ready didn't look well drilled didn't look promising whatsoever um managed to scrape third and obviously have since beaten toronto um in the knockout stages which is unbelievable um philly as well Interesting tweet from Sam Setch. Easy for me to say, that guy. Um, <laughs> from The Athletic. From The Athletic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the bird dog, as they call him. He said that Philly are so underrated that they're now becoming so talked about as an underrated side that the, the pressure is on them. And it, that's so true. It's uh, We've said this for the last couple of years. They're such a real unglamorous side. They did really well to, to make the playoffs last year. And I just, I, I love they've got a strong bench. Um, they use that diamond, you know, the Bethlehem Steel, their, their B team, if you like, their USL team are well drilled. They play exactly the same way. So when the players make that 11 that Jim Curtin picks, they're ready to go. And I, I think I think they're a really, really strong roster. 
They've got mm. such a strong roster, real depth, um, real quality. And I'll be honest, I was pleased with with a, a point against Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, Philly are one of those sides who... Uh, we saw it a bit with Toronto last season where... I mean, Toronto are a big MLS side now, much bigger than they were five or six years ago. But no one really expected them last season to get to MLS Cup. And they did. They got the wins where they needed to get them. They did what they needed to do in the mm. regular season. And Philadelphia, you just seem like they could be one of those sides that just do what they need to do and then be knowing how to scrape through in matches. And, you know, MLS, the beauty of it is the fact that uh, I think someone, it might have been MLS Buzz yesterday, I saw they'd looked at the last 10 years of um seasons like in MLS, Premier League, yeah. La Liga. And uh, I think MLS had had like eight different winners in those 10 years, mm. whereas the Premier League had four and then La Liga had three and whatever. And it sh- that's the type of league it is. And Philadelphia are a side now who, if it's not this season, but definitely next season, if they keep going, they could be one of those sides that just manages to, to achieve the dream. With no superstars. No, exactly. Um, wanted to, I'll briefly talk about Miami. I mean... Everyone's spent the last three years talking about Miami and David Beckham and their arrival in MLS and who they're going to sign and um, all of that stuff. Uh, by the way, speaking of who they're going to sign, let's just... Oh, oh, oh. Big spin. Arturo Vidal from Barcelona. I saw that. Anyone would be a good signing for him at the moment, so I'm all for this. So the, the arrogance continues. Um, they finished finish bottom and uh, eliminated, and they're going to sign a player from Barcelona. I feel sorry for Miami because uh, they're getting... I know Nashville weren't in Did this... Did you say tournament. get in? They're getting... Uh, the, I know Nashville weren't in this tournament, but they're in a similar position mm. to Miami. In, in fact, Nashville have actually got a history like last season of playing. Yeah. So... Um, I feel Miami were always going to get a bit more stick than any other teams would. They are new. It's a new side. And I don't think they've been battered in any game. I think they've, they've done okay. But they just they need to get that monkey off the back and get that first just first point, at least, or a first win. And, um, I mean, Beckham's come out and said it's a, it's a work in progress, which he is right. I can relate to that. We're five years in. But, uh, and we had a team before. <laughs> But with the pressure, um, Miami aren't going to put up with this for, for much longer. They no. need to get that win. And uh, the, the, with the gaps in between the tournaments now, it's it's going to get to the point where it's been like six months and they've not won the game yet. So I don't know how mm. patient... I put them in the same bracket as Atlanta, who have had success straight off the bat. I don't know how patient Miami fans are going to be. And it's the same with Atlanta. You know, the, even before this tournament, you know, last year they, they sort of turned on uh, DeBoer a little bit. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say it. Um, whilst Miami are a big arrival to Orlando now going forward, they looked a lot better than Atlanta. That and you know I don't think all is lost for Miami. I think there's just a few key pieces missing, maybe. Yeah, and that is a tough group. Anyway, yeah. you know, with Orlando, Philadelphia, New York City. Yeah, tough group, tough group with uh, Very tough. with Orlando in there. Yeah, tough not group. not quite the toughest group, I would say. Group E was the such a hard group, but uh, Group B, <laughs> uh, 
Um, San Jose, Seattle and Vancouver went through. Vancouver went through as one of the best placed third teams. Yeah. This was the group where our MLS UK show championship was being held. Yeah, it's um, on the line. Yeah, if you if you don't know what this is, we've been doing this the last few years now and uh, MLS Cup champions from the previous year, uh, it's like wrestling or boxing where every match they put the title on the line. Seattle were unbeaten until Chicago beat them. So Chicago Fire claimed the championship, but then San Jose beat them. So San Jose Earthquakes are currently our champions. You take it into their match against uh, Real Salt Lake. Yeah in the knockout stages. So uh, we're going to be doing this throughout the season, so keep your eyes on it. It's interesting because that, that three points that um, you mentioned from Chicago, getting getting three points off Seattle, it's the only three points they got. They finished bottom of the group. This, this group seemed a little bit all over the shop for me because mm. Seattle obviously came into it as massive favourites having won MLS Cup, um, only finished with four points. Like They only, only just scraped it, really. Yeah, but we used with uh, Seattle, we're used to them... They never have a completely full, amazing season, no. do they? They have a slow start or they have a slow finish, but they still make playoffs. They still qualified. So even in this tournament, <laughs> they still qualified. Yeah, yeah. They did the bit, did what they need to do. Um, I want to talk about San Jose because I was really impressed with some of the play I saw um, from from the Quakes. And I think maybe since Almeida's been there, they've not had enough credit because I think actually... They didn't do much in terms of bringing in players uh, last season. We mentioned that. It was just new coach, oh, that will fix everything. Mm. But they seem to be playing a different way now. And I really liked the way, like, it was high energy. It was a press. They looked like they were, you know, a really attractive side. So I'm excited to see how far they can go in this. Yeah, I think Almeida, uh, he got some credit last season. I know he didn't get playoffs, but the way he turned around that season after the start when they were losing, like they were shipping goals for fun, mm. they weren't scoring many. Uh, they really turned it around last season. And I know they didn't have the best of starts in the opening two games, but still this tournament has, has carried on the form that they showed last season. So I think San Jose, uh, uh, okay, do I think they're going to win this tournament? I think they'll beat RSL. Yeah. And uh, and then they'll have to try and beat Col- probably Columbus or maybe Minnesota. So it's going to be tough for them. But... Going forward, San Jose are in that bunch of teams who can easily make the playoffs. And again, it's like I said with Philadelphia, you get a few good results in the playoffs. Now, especially because it's one-legged uh, playoffs, you never know. They, they could be underdogs. Um, we'll do one more, one more group because that'll take us to halfway. Group C, no one's left in it. They're all gone. Yes, uh, Toronto, New England Revolution and Montreal did go through, DC went out. However, since the group stages and in the knockout stages, you're right, they've all gone out. Um, Toronto, probably the most surprising. I Maybe New England Revolution, I kind of were rooting for them a little mm. bit. I thought with Bruce Arena, they could, they could potentially do something. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that group sorted itself out. That Toronto-Montreal game was a fantastic game. Well, probably one of the best yeah. MLS games. I want to talk, uh, I mean, Montreal, yeah, not really much was expected, but we got through, which lost, was a good Lost sign. two games and got through. Yeah, so which just says this tournament all over. <laughs> uh, Toronto then, how disappointed would Toronto be waking up this morning, uh, Monday morning, knowing that they got beat 3-1 against a, a New York City side who have been pretty average so far? I think it hurts. I think that really hurts. In recent MLS history, let's not forget Toronto at the start, 
of their MLS history, it took them longer than it's taking Orlando to get to the playoffs. Um, they were that bad, but they have become a real staple of success in, in MLS. Like, for um, for example, since we've been doing this podcast, you know, three seasons, they've been a real force, taking it to Red Bulls, Atlanta, LAFC, Seattle. We've seen numerous finals between Seattle and Toronto. It feels like that's every year. Um, and they're, they're a big side if there's a big side in in mls toronto are one of them and this this is a real surprise for me um they didn't start with altador they didn't start with akinola as well who we need to mention i remember when uh he was added to the roster for for pre-season everyone was talking about uh about this guy and quite rightly because um he's been so so impressive but he was injured so he he didn't even make the um the bench and they just looked lacklustre. They looked like they didn't quite have that lethal Toronto attack that that we've come you know to be so used to. Michael Bradley in the first ten minutes, you could see it wasn't going to be a good day. Um, it didn't look like it was going well at all. And I think Toronto are probably going to be the the biggest shock so far. I think that's the biggest surprise so far. Really? Sure. Really, the biggest surprise so far. Well, I presume you're alluding to Atlanta, but... I'm talking about Cincinnati. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, Cincinnati being in it and Toronto not is a very big surprise. Um, I mean, I just very briefly on this now, we, we've we've mentioned a few of the sides that have, have gone out. Uh, DC United, do we expect more from them? Are they, are they a team in transition? They just seem to turn up and leave. They didn't really offer much. Did I, I wasn't impressed with DC. I'll be honest with you, I've said this numerous times, their roster is not big enough. It hasn't been big enough for the last three three years. I, to be honest, I couldn't tell you their full roster from four years ago, but for the last three years it's been too small, so they've had no depth, and it really, really screamed. Like, there was no options. Hmm. They, they couldn't score a goal, and they were left. it was left to Higuain to come off the bench, who left Columbus because of an ACL injury where he didn't play for a year so it's been like two years since he's played a game and that that's their goal scoring threat now and they did that that worries the, the whole thing worries me they didn't look it's all right having a small roster like philly sort of sort of did have it but they had options um but they just even the the tactics the formation it just didn't look didn't look right it screamed like a, a new manager had come in and actually Olsen's been there for ages and no I I didn't like what I saw to be honest did DC need to change Olsen's been there a while now do they need to change or, or is he the man to to build this DC 2.0 if I was coach of DC would I pick the same 11 that he did probably so do, does the does there need to be investment do they need more players on the roster I, I think that's something they need to look at um I know they've got Ludun United. How much talent is there there, really? We've seen a lot of fringe players um, coming through, but no one's really, really impressed. So I think they, I think they need a bigger roster, and they need to. They've, they've sent him to a war with a tiny little pistol. Uh, and that's the last thing you want in a war—a tiny little pistol. Uh, right, we'll we'll cover the rest of the groups later on in the show. We've also got uh, Crisis Right. Mm-hmm. We've got my guide to Portland. But let's talk about a brand new team entering MLS. 
we now have a name. MLS UK Show with Elliot Holman and Henry Hewitt. Charlotte FC. Was it a bit of an anti-climax? They, they spent... Um, Charlotte FC, or Charlotte MLS, spent a week teasing all these yeah. different names. There was uh, All Carolina FC. There was uh, Charlotte Athletic, Charlotte Crown, Charlotte Monarchs. And then they've just ended up with Charlotte FC. Yeah, um... I don't mind it. I know a lot of people like the heritage of these like crazy MLS names, mm. but if you think about the the newer teams, you know, Orlando City, Atlanta United, they've been a lot more, you know, British, shall we say, <laughs> a lot more formal. Um, I don't mind it. Charlotte FC is simple. Like, who cares? Who cares about the name? I'm interested to see what they're going to be like. You know, when when they join the league, mm. Al- although. That may be a little while. <laughs> yeah. Um, sort of, I mean, they've said the 2021. Mm. Uh, other teams have been told recently, thanks to COVID, that uh, their entrance into MLS is, is being put back a few years. Mm. Uh, how, uh, I mean, we don't truly know because we're not in that, you know, in the bubble, but we're not in that bubble of sides making their way into MLS but if you were a fan of one of these teams and and you're excited you think MLS is coming to my city how disappointed would you be that it's now been delayed I think if you're if you're a fan of those clubs I think if you're getting excited about your team becoming part of MLS and Don's been there and he's held up the scarf and it's happening and you're thinking about what players you're going to sign and um, what your jersey's going to look like I think it's really exciting but I think in terms of the league, there's enough teams already. It's We're not desperate for, for new sides. It's exciting. It's always nice when new teams join, but um, it doesn't affect the, the day-to-day running of, of that league at all. I think you're right. I mean, it's purely on a, an excitement level for fans that we want these new teams because I genuinely think uh, whenever it is in five years when we're not, like Don Garver's not accepting any other uh, teams, I think we'll miss this. I think we'll miss teams coming in every year and, and the, the drafts and stuff like that. I think we'll really miss it. So uh, if we get another year of that, then okay, great. And it's been pushed back. But I, I feel sorry for the sides. And uh, I get it because there must be so much needs to go into it, you know, getting a team ready for MLS. And with what's happened, it's it might be difficult to do it on Zoom or, or whatever. So I do get it, but I'm I'm gutted. I I I want them. I, I'd have them all in now. Just flood the league with these new teams. But you just said, oh, in a few years we'll miss it. We they're never going to stop adding teams. They're making no. millions. They're never going to stop. Yeah. I I don't. I, I there could be fifty teams, and it it would just never work. But they wouldn't care. They'll just keep adding them. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think what'd be a shame though is like when if you look at the NFL model, like some sides never play each other, and I think that'd be the sh- like a shame mm. if. Um, I don't know, uh, Atlanta could only play LAFC like once every few years, yeah. you know. But um, but no, it's uh, it's what it is. And I, I must admit, the colours, the sort of Inter, my, uh, sorry, Inter my, Milan, I should say, uh, blue and yeah. uh, black, I think Charlotte will be a great addition to uh, MLS. In fact, all the teams coming in, I think in their own different ways, they're showing their own identities. Yeah, yeah. And I think they'll all be great additions to the league. But we've just got to wait. <laughs> I um I think as well with with the likes of Charlotte I think it's it seems to be every few years that someone comes in and takes 
like Atlanta did, for example, really, really takes the league by storm. And I just think someone, one of these new new teams that, that we're getting, someone's going to really surprise us. And I can't wait to see who it is. Yeah. Um, we thought it might be into Miami. Not so. So, But into Miami, maybe this is the best thing for these mm. teams coming in to look and go, wait a second, these look like they had a bit of money. They yeah, had the, yeah. all the, the media, all the press going into it. And they've actually lost the first five games, so do it a different way. I know a lot of teams will look and go, well, we want the Atlanta model rather than, uh, I mean, FC Cincinnati. Have I was going to say, they're now going to win MLS's back, Cincinnati. So yeah. everyone will want the Cincinnati model. <laughs> uh, but with respect of going into this tournament, they would want the Atlanta model over the FC Cincinnati yeah, yeah. model. But again, you, you, you know, these teams are new teams. It, it takes time to build. And uh, when you've got teams like Seattle who have made the playoffs the last 10 years, whatever it is, it's difficult to compete. But eventually, in, in t- another 10 years, we'll have a lot even, you know, a lot more even. So uh, we will wait for Charlotte. Good luck. Uh, Charlotte, who listens to the show, who's a Or- big Orlando fan, yeah. I feel sorry for her because you obviously naturally would support Charlotte. She has already pinned her... Uh, uh, colours to Orlando so yeah but um, and this is the thing if Orlando weren't suddenly doing so well I don't think I'd blame her for going to support <laughs> Charlotte but she's not going to go anywhere now is she no maybe a second team for her <laughs> and, and we might have a lot more Charlotte's supporting the league so uh, I've, when they come into uh, MLS we might do something just uh, we might feature a different Charlotte every week I don't know <laughs> um, okay I want to play uh, play our regular game The Christ is Right Go on, um, go on. I'm ready. I've got a little theme for you this week. Um, it's to uh, it's to help remember those. Do you remember those first two games of the season? Not many people do. Hmm. Uh, vaguely, I've got the overall MLS standings. Ah. Of course, with the MLS's back three three MLS's back games taken into account, and the two games that we got at the start of March as well. Okay. So I'm all I'm going to do is give you a club, their points. And you've got to go higher or lower. So, Henry Hewitt, come on down. Can't beat the music, can you? Okay. Let's start with Montreal. Montreal are currently 11th and they've got seven points this season. Higher or lower? Colorado Rapids. Oh, um, Colorado should be higher, I would say. They're lower on goal difference. It's a harsh start. Um, Higher or lower than Colorado with seven points? Atlanta United. Um, How many points has Colorado got? Seven. Hmm. Lower. It is lower. They've got six. Higher or lower than Atlanta with six? Toronto FC. Um, higher. It is higher. They've got nine points. Right. Higher or lower than Toronto's nine? Portland Timbers. Um, l- no, higher. It is higher. It's ten. Higher or lower than Portland's... <laughs> Music's run out. Higher or lower than Portland's ten? Sporting Kansas City. Lower. It's higher. They've oh. got 12. Uh, and of course, the only team higher than 12 is Columbus, who have got 13 and are top of the 2020 standings. Wow. Uh, not, I, your, not your usual performance there. 
No, it wasn't. I um... here come the excuses. I've just been. I'm just lost with this season. <laughs> I'm really lost. I I don't remember what happened last week, let alone four months ago. Some interesting headlines as well. Mm. Um, Miami are rock bottom. They're 26th, uh, and they're below Nashville, who, of course, have only played two games. <laughs> uh, and Dallas are 20th, having only played two games. They got four points. Mm, well, we'll see how they adjust that later on. Mm. The MLS UK Show. So let's round off our group stage reaction to uh, MLS's back uh, before we look forward to the knockout stages. Uh, we got to Group C. Group D, then, three teams went through in this one again, and... Uh, this was my toughest group to call. Yeah. I think um, I can't. I think I would say SKC in Colorado, and then you went for Minnesota in RSL. So considering that Colorado was the only team that didn't make it through, <laughs> I guess you win that one. For me, this was a it was a weird group because, uh, as you can see, with uh, SKC getting six points, Minnesota five, RSL four, they weren't really at that standout team in this group. Um, let's look at Colorado Rapids first. Then the team that didn't go through. How disappointed would they be? Because they, they seem to be building something. And would this have helped them on the way to that? Or is it just business as usual? I think it's the same for, for RSL and, and Colorado. They're both on the fringes of, um, you know, we we couldn't pick. We couldn't call this group. So that that tells you a lot that we, we see those teams as, as almost level, being able to challenge the likes of SKC and Minnesota. I think when you see it written down, I think when you see SKC, Minnesota, RSL, Colorado, in that order, I think you can maybe go, actually, yeah, to be fair, that that's about right. Um, Minnesota didn't lose a game, of course. Um, got, five, got five points. SKC topped it with six. Colorado really disappointed me. Like, losing two games... Only managed to get a point. I th- I think they're better than that. Mm. No, I agree. I think SKC and Minnesota they started the season very uh, you know very well, so they've continued that. Uh, RSL are probably where you would put them. Would you agree? The kind of that team that's on the the edge of the playoffs anyway. So to finish third, four points. They still got through. They did, and it's just typical RSL: win one, draw one, lose one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think. They're very much on the verge of, of doing something a bit special. I think whoever comes in next roster-wise, coach-wise, I think there's real potential there. Uh, they just always seem to not quite make that final step. So they've got a chance here. They've, they're playing San Jose. They've got a real chance of getting through to the quarterfinals, you know, and therefore making the final. Group E then, nothing happened in that one. Group F, no. Group E, uh, I mean, you can look at Atlanta and we've discussed it and it's, it was poor. Yeah. They sat Frank Ball, which in my opinion, um, they, were, they was right to do so. It, that no Scoring no goals. And I know we only conceded three. It was a very boring sort of uh, tournament for them. Yeah. But... Uh, not not winning a game, not getting a point, not scoring a goal. It's unacceptable. For me, as for Atlanta, in the Premier League, Man City and Liverpool won't be putting up with it. So if no. Atlanta are uh, the, you know, the team in MLS at the moment of a team that have won the most in the last few years, it's not acceptable. Um, so that's, that's happened and we'll see how that progresses uh, after the tournament. FC Cincinnati, though... <laughs> They, they six points. They they had a horrific start, losing four nil in the Hellies Rio derby against Columbus. Yeah, but then to pick it up the way they did and get two wins over Atlanta and Red Bulls, who two seasons ago were the they were the two best teams in the league, 
what a tournament for them so far. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I look at that. Um, I, I like Cincinnati. This is the thing. I, I like them as a, as a team. I, I love the fans. You know, they've got a, even their original stadium. You know, Nippert Stadium is great. Well, you know, while they're, I love everything about them. Um, um, you know, we've spoken to Jack Stern, the, the goalkeeping coach. He's he's a fellow Brit. I I like what's going on there, but they've just been so disappointing. And when they lost four nil to Columbus, I no one no one was surprised. This is the, the this is the trouble. No one was surprised by that because it's Cincinnati and Columbus have been a really strong side. So I think when you look at the fact that they managed to turn that around, finish second in that group, that's huge. Above Red Bulls, above Atlanta. Let's not forget this time last month, before this tournament kicked off, when we when we all saw the groups, there was memes going around the internet about you know this group, Group E, and how you know it was basically just going to be Atlanta and Red Bulls, and the other two would just be sort of bleeding at the side of the road, and it's very much not the case. No, I mean I'll, I'm going to say it. I did pick Columbus Crew. I think they would go through. And they haven't surprised me with getting uh, three wins out of three. I think they, they are a real potential for this tournament. And I think if they were on the other side of the bracket, it would be them versus LAFC or Seattle in the final. Um, they haven't conceded a goal, Columbus. They've not. But have they peaked too soon? Are they going to lose out in the knockout stage? Mm. It's going to be disappointing. That, that's what I'm really intrigued about, to see whether they've uh, peaked too soon. Red Bulls... Uh, Red Bulls is just the Red Bulls of the last season, I think. And they, they are kind of, I feel, I just feel they're lost at the moment. I feel that there's... But what are they missing? I think they're missing a few things. But I don't think they've replaced the... I know BWP weren't exactly playing that... You know, he weren't playing last season, so... Um, but I don't think they've replaced him with a, a, a somebody who's going to get you 15 goals a season. You know, they've had other players that have gone to Europe or left the club, and it's... I just think they they just kind of in that middle period of if they're not careful they could slide and then they they'll struggle to make the playoffs. They need to make the changes now while they've got the time and bring in a few players. I don't know. We touched on the BWP thing before, and I think we both said it. Like, there's no way that you let someone of that talent go. Um, you know, he's on relatively small money. At LAFC, and for me, that's an incredible pickup. If the, if the best team in the league want to take your striker that you don't want anymore, I think there should be yeah. alarm bells ringing. Well, you don't know what was going on behind the scenes. Maybe BWP has just had his time at Red Bulls and he needed a change because mm. sometimes players can need that change to start performing again. You know, the the if they stay where they are, it just goes stale. So maybe it was that. Yeah, um, ultimately, uh, you know, Atlanta is a shock. If you'd have showed me that group a couple of weeks ago, I, I would not have believed it. Like, that's that's unbelievable. But fair play to Cincinnati and Columbus, I've got to say, they're the best team I've seen play so far. Hmm. They're, they're the best team I've seen. They look really, really strong. Very good. And they've, they've beaten some, uh, on paper, some good sides, quite convincingly, really. Yeah, um, LAFC are, are the ones that everyone's talking about. Whenever we get to... Um, MLS doing the latest odds. It's always LAFC. They're in Group F. They finished second. What are you saying? Do LAFC go on and win this whole thing? I think they do. You look. I know they're conceding goals, but look, they've scored eleven goals already. Like they, you know, they 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 have a team to beat. And that Seattle game 
uh, that's happening tomorrow here in the UK mm. uh, as we record this is I can't wait for it. I really can't wait for it. That is the that's gonna if LAFC get through that one, I I I think they've got a straight run then to the to winning it. But um, Portland obviously went through as well, and Portland are a decent side who could also you know get to the final they could they're in a, the what you said the easiest side of the bracket so yeah. they could easily get to the final um Houston and LA Galaxy then uh Houston were so close, close to going through uh LA Galaxy equalizing the last minute from the penalty spot which meant that they uh, are out LA Galaxy that give them their, their only point Houston it was always going to be difficult for them but LA Galaxy yeah it's, it's a tough it's a tough group Houston are not a bad side, but they're, they're in a group with three strong sides on paper. LA Galaxy is a real, a real surprise. They just didn't look together. There was no togetherness. There was no organization. They looked all over the shop. I mean, the LA derby, El Trafico was just unbelievable to watch. I, I couldn't quite keep up with everything that was going on. It was ridiculous. But they just they they look like they're in real trouble, to be honest with you. And going back to the start of the show when we said. Does this mean a lot for the regular season? Well, yeah, because they only they only picked up a point. You know, they played three regular season games and only got a point. It's not good enough. It's no. LA Galaxy. You would fancy with Pavon and Hernandez. You would fancy that they will pick it up later in the season. But we don't know how many games there's going to be. No, when MLS returns in its capacity that we used to. So LA Galaxy now with one point from or two points from five games as it is mm. could really be struggling they could really be struggling and uh, that would then mean another season of, of failure really I mean already when you look at you know you look at the shield the overall standings which is important you know that's what this is all about essentially the reason this tournament exists is to get points on the board in the regular season they're 24th and they're only just they're literally the two teams below them are Nashville and Miami you know, that's, that's LA Galaxy. That's nowhere near good enough. No, no. They've been so disappointing. Um, but that concludes uh, the examination of the of the groups and everything that's gone on. Um, make a, make a little prediction for me. Who who wins this whole thing? I think you've got to look at LAFC. Although I will say, whoever wins the LAFC Seattle game, and it pains mm. me to say it. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to beat Orlando because Orlando have got two extra days on him. Remember that. So we'll wait and see on that one. I I like Columbus. I hope they haven't peaked too soon. But uh, same with Portland. Um, you've got to go with LAFC, though. I'm going with the winner of LA or v Seattle. Whoever that is, I think, goes on to win it because I think that's the toughest game that either of them are going to have. Arguably Columbus, potentially, if they meet Columbus. But realistically, I think the toughest game on their route is is this one. Right, so before we go, it's time. It's the time that uh, I know you look forward to every uh, every oh, episode. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, what we're doing every episode is I'm giving a little guide to a different place in uh, of a team in MLS. Of course, we know a lot about these US and Canadian cities or states, but what do we do? We know, uh, like, did you know there was a spam museum in Minnesota? Not until you told me last time. There you go. So last time I said I'd do it to Portland because you're planning a trip around the USA. Yeah. So you you basically just want me to help you out with you're it. You're my travel guide. This is Henry's guide to Portland. Famous for its country music. <laughs> 
It's quite a hipster place, Portland, so I don't know whether he would listen to it. Uh, hey, Elliot. Hey, Henry. Did you know that there are two Portlands? There's one in Oregon and one in Maine. Is there? Yes. Uh, Portland, Oregon is where Portland Timbers lived, mm. and it could have been called Boston. That's because the name Portland was decided on a coin toss. <laughs> there were two people, so one from Portland, Maine, and yeah. the other one from uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, the one from Portland, Maine won, so it became Portland, Oregon. So they could have been the Boston Timbers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Timbers comes from uh, the nickname, let's have a look at this, nickname Slump Town. Wow. Uh, sorry, Stump Town. Oh. <laughs> Stumptown, that's because as the city grew, um, uh, more and more buildings were uh, were made, then all you'd get is like stumps in the ground where the trees used to be. So the Portland nickname is Stumptown, not Slumptown. Makes a lot more sense because I follow the uh, the SB uh, account and it's Stumptown rather than Slumptown. <laughs> Uh, although, because there's less trees there now, it still is home to one of the most famous parks in the world. The... How can I put it? What have I put? <laughs> the smallest park. There we go. The smallest park? The smallest park in the world. It's called uh, Mills End Park. It's 2.5 feet in diameter. It's in the middle of a road. It's literally <laughs> like this desk is bigger than that park. It's got a tree on it, though. Uh, and it's the beer city of USA with more micro breweries in the city than any other place in America. Okay. Uh, famous people from Portland include Timber Joey, of course. And Legend. this is my favourite famous person we featured on Henry's Guide to North America. Simpsons creator, Matt, Matt Groening. He's from Portland as well. So there you go. There's Henry's uh, stuttered guide to Portland, or Stumptown, as it's known. I um, re- genuinely really wanted to go to Portland. However, nothing against you, Portland. Henry's ruined it for me. That was... <laughs> Not very impressive, was it? Anyway, big finish. Uh, next time on the show, uh, I'm going to let the the soccer play out where I go next. Whoever wins MLS's back will be my next guide to North America. Orlando! Unless it's a team that we've already <laughs> featured, then uh, I'll, I will choose one. We'll okay, choose one. all right. Um, okay, what's next? Well, we've got to end the show on uh, the game with a changing name. I'll be honest, mate, I really don't know who this person is. So I told you they're mainly famous for um, their time at QPR. Have you got any players at all that are popping into your mind? If I say QPR, 2008 to 2014, mm. 95 appearances. No, well... Bolton played QPR a few times in this period, and mm. I think uh, QPR stayed up and Bolton went down one year. So they were a team I was like concentrating on, but I just can't think of any player that has played for him right now in that period, especially one who's then gone to MLS. Yeah, they played in MLS for Toronto FC in 2013. Um, also went to Wickham and finished their career at Whitehawk. Also um, capped for England under-16s to 19s as well. Any guess at all? I don't know. This is the I normally have a guess, but this one I really don't know. Hogan, Hogan, Hogan Ephraim, Hogan Ephraim. Yeah, I'll be honest, I forgot he existed. He's only thirty-two, <laughs> and he doesn't seem to be playing anymore. That's why, because he doesn't exist. So it looks like he retired before thirty. 
But um, yeah, played for Toronto FC in 2013. Well, there you go. Choose one next time that I'll know. <laughs> well done if you got it right. <laughs> uh, remember, we know if you just uh, got, went to this moment and then went back and told us who it was. But well done. Anyway, uh, right, that's it for this episode of the MLS UK show. Uh, good luck to the teams left in MLS's back, apart from Orlando. Brilliant. Uh, we'll be back next time. Remember, subscribe uh, on YouTube. Press the notification bell as well. Same with your podcast provider. If you subscribe, you'll, be know, you'll get to know whenever we drop a new episode. And, um, and we'll be back probably after MLS's back is finished. Three wins and a draw. Get in! Vamos Orlando, let's do this. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.